0: Hello, my name is Donnie Smith, and I'm the pastor here at Ascension Christian Center in Apopka, Florida. I hope this message changes, impacts, and challenges you in your relationship with Jesus Christ. If you enjoy the message, you can connect with us on our website, Facebook, or Instagram at Ascension Christian Center. Thank you, and enjoy. Luke chapter 2, verses 41 through 50. Hold those Bibles high up in the air before I read this and say this. This is infallible undisputed, and inerrant word of God. Today, I open up my heart, mind, spirit, and soul to receive from its truth. God, I thank you that fruit will abound to my account as a result of reading, hearing, and applying your word to every area of my life In Jesus' name. Come on, somebody say loud. In Jesus' name. Luke chapter 2, verses 41 through 50. I'll be reading personally out of the Passion translation. It'll be up on the screen if you don't have that translation with you. And it says this. Every year, Jesus' parents went to worship at Jerusalem during the Passover festival. And when Jesus turned 12, his parents took him to Jerusalem to observe the Passover, as was their custom. A full day after they began their journey home, Joseph and Mary realized that Jesus was missing. Say he was missing. And they assumed that he was somewhere in their entourage, but he was nowhere to be found. After a frantic search among the relatives and friends, Mary and Joseph returned to Jerusalem to search for him. After being separated from him for three days, they finally found him in the temple, sitting among the Jewish teachers, listening to them and asking probing questions. All who heard Jesus speak were awestruck at his intelligent understanding of all that was being discussed at his wise answers to their questions. His parents were shocked to find him there, and Mary scolded him, saying, Son, your father... I was thinking, boy, (laughs) go pick your own switch off that tree right there. And Mary scolded him, saying, Son, your father and I have searched for you everywhere and have been worried sick over not finding you. Why would you do this to us? And Jesus said to them, watch his answer. If I said that to my mama, he said, why would you need to search for me? Another version says woman, I believe. Maybe that was enough. Anyway, didn't you know that it was necessary for me to be in my father's house. Everybody say, in my father's house. Consumed with him. Mary, Mary and Joseph didn't fully understand what Jesus meant. You may have your seats. Joseph, uh, which was clearly, it was Jesus' earthly father, Uh, which it's important to note that he's never mentioned after this particular verse. Some scholars believe that Joseph didn't live very long after that because when Mary is present during Jesus' ministry, um, Joseph is not present nor in the storyline. Some other scholars believe that uh, back in those days, uh, the father was a little bit older, so they believe maybe he, was, he died of older age and, and what have you. But he's not mentioned in the scriptures after this particular verse. And so this is Jesus' natural and earthly father, not his heavenly father. But obviously, he played a, a key point in raising Jesus. Um, when Mary told um, Joseph that she was pregnant, as I mentioned the other day, the Bible says that he wanted to put Mary away quietly, meaning he didn't buy the story of her being pregnant with the Holy Spirit. Uh, So he wanted to put her away quietly because if he would have made known uh, in that culture, it was likely that she would either be stoned to death or she would have been at least uh, ostracized for her community. Um, He was a priest and he was a holy man, Uh, so he didn't want to embarrass her. He didn't want to see her ostracized or even uh, put to death. And so the story goes on. Um, of course, he, he ends up passing away. Uh, but there is something that, that, that is said in here that Joseph basically said this. He did not uh, know her until she had brought forth her firstborn son. Uh, I know there's little ears in here. Um, to know someone, it means to, to lay with them or to, to act as husband and wife. And so the reason I say all that is Joseph, this just goes to show you that Joseph, this is an incredible display of a man of God who has the utmost integrity. He is a holy man. He is a just man. The scriptures describe him as being upright. He's an amazing father. I guess if they had baseball in those days, he would have probably been at all of Jesus's baseball games. He was the kind of father that more than likely contributed to Jesus' trade, which was a master craftsman or a carpenter. So he was a great dad. He wasn't just a priest. He was a great dad. It's amazing to me that, Amanda, you had brought that up this morning based on what I'm ministering on this morning. But there is a huge gap uh, in the home today. You either have a father who is present emotionally, but not so uh, present spiritually. You either have a very well-providing, financially, uh, financially established father, but then over here, spiritually, there's, there's a gap missing. Or you have a, a father who uh, invests in his children spiritually, but they're not very financially stable. Joseph had both. He was able to provide a good life for Jesus. He raised Jesus up at least till the age of 12, 12 years old. And so um, it's amazing to me as, as the story goes on that you're, you're watching this umbilical cord being breached or cut between his earthly parents and his father. And let me just tell you something. There is something to be said of great moms and great dads. I wish somebody would say amen to that. And there is a huge gap in the home right now. But, but you, can see, you can see in this particular scripture that I'm, that I'm reading, you're, you're literally watching the umbilical cord being severed. Now, normally in our culture, it's not happening until about the age of 25 now or 45. I mean, you just, I mean, kids are living in mom's basement playing, you know, modern warfare. And, you know, people are laughing because you know it's true. You're thinking of somebody right now, aren't you? But you're seeing Jesus cutting the umbilical cord early by making this statement where it says his parents were shocked to find him there. And Mary scolded him saying, son, your father and I have searched for you everywhere and have been worried sick and finding you. Why would you do this to us? First of all, he wasn't doing it to them. He goes on to say, uh, Jesus said to them, why would you search for me? Did you not know that it was necessary to be in my father's house? consumed with him. And so today I want to minister this subject. It's, you can call it a sequel, I guess. It's called The Father's House. Everybody say The Father's House. What, what, what I'm seeing in this story, what I've been seeing in this story all week long, is that there's only so many needs that the father can meet in a child's life. There's only so many things that the father can do in the natural to equip the, the young son or the young daughter for life. And there're certain needs that only one can meet in the human heart. And that's God the Father, and that's Jesus Christ the Son, that's that's the Holy Spirit. And what I've seen in every person, in every type of counseling session, in some way, shape, or form, the contributing factor to the drama, whether it's in a family or whether it's in a single woman's life, whether it's in a single man's life or a married couple's life, is that there's always residues there's always defects in that person's soul due to the lack of the, what the father didn't give them. And if you think about it long enough that some of the relationships that you have engaged into, a man or a woman that you've dated, you, after you've left them and things have gone south, you wonder, what in the world was I thinking? Just look straight. Don't, don't, don't let nobody know. Even in my own life, there's certain contributing decisions that I've made. It's not because we're bad people. It's not because we're broken people. It's because that there's, a, there's, a, there's a hole in every human being's heart, man, woman, boy, and girl. If you have traveled down the corridor of a mother's womb and you are put in this earth, there is a hole in the shape of every human heart, and it's in the shape of a father. And that's what we're seeing here. And Jesus got this revelation really early on. As he said to himself, I love you, Dad. I'm sure he loved Joseph. I'm sure he loved Mary. But Jesus got this revelation that there's only so many things that you can give me. There's only so many things that you can invest into my life, particularly when you have a great calling on your life. And and so I, I, I wanna minister from this subject and, and although I'm going to be using this phraseology a lot, the father's house, I, I do mean in many ways the church or the local church and what God does and uses in the local church, in the believer's life. You know, I believe in God's all wisdom and his all omniscient. He, he knew the, the, um, the beauty of having the local church, because can I tell you this? If it wasn't for the local, the, the, let me say it like this. The Lord used the local church to father me, even though I didn't have a father. And where I didn't have an example in my own practical, personal life, the Lord used spiritual fathers to father me. He used the Holy Spirit. He used Jesus. He used discipleship to make up for the, for the gaps that were in my life. And I believe that that's what the Lord wants to say to some of you this morning. I got a feeling that there's people, that there's people in this room right now that have certain gaps that you're, you're not understanding while they're there. And I want to just shed some light on some reasons why. And maybe some reasons on why and some of the important reasons why to stay connected to the local body. Because this is the Father's house. And there are many Father's houses, thank God. It's not just one. Amen? And one of the big reasons, I'm going to give you just a few of them this morning, is one reason is because the Father's house is used to bring revelation in your life. Can I just talk about that just for one moment? When you are in God's house, when you're in His presence, and the reason that He established it is because the Lord unveils certain truths in certain atmospheres. Does everybody hear what I'm saying? There are certain things that you can get, you can get. Uh, revelation of in the atmosphere of church where you're in worship. And it doesn't just mean somebody speaking on a microphone. There's certain revelations that God will highlight in your life to bring you into a deeper revelation or a deeper relationship with him. Does everybody hear what I'm saying? In other words, I'm just going to give you a practical example. When I was growing up, I didn't realize, but my mother lost two men in her life, both very similarly, and I didn't get raised by my father, but just looking at patterns and hearing family talking, I began at a young age to begin to live out those same footsteps, listening to the same music, drinking the same thing, hanging out with the same old type of people, Come on! Does anybody know what I'm talking about? It doesn't mean doesn't necessarily mean you don't have to be exposed to a person to develop their traits because this is a spiritual thing. And but when I went to go started going to the house of the Lord, the Lord began to highlight to me that this is a generational thing that's been passed down through family lines. And when you get in certain, I'm gonna preach here for just a second. When you get in certain types of atmospheres, the Lord will release wisdom in your life to help you to break free from certain patterns in your life. Certain things that you might not just be able to pray away. Some things, because some, listen, ignorance is not bliss. There are certain, Lord, bless my finances. And then you don't see him bless your finances because sometimes it takes more than just praying. Sometimes it takes prayer and revelation. Can I talk about that just for a second? Have you ever prayed something and not seen the Lord move in that certain area? Because, listen, the powers of darkness, they're they're legalists. That's why he's called the lawless one. He's a legalist. And if he can find legal right in your life or in your family line, he can keep those hereditary curses going on from generation to generation. But when you get in certain atmospheres and you read certain scriptures, it all of a sudden becomes revelatory to you, and now you can effectively pray against that thing because now you have revelation. (laughs) They're like, oh, I see that this has been an open door in my family line. Now I have the ability to close it. Do you know when the devil, he leaves is when he gets revealed. When the the, the demons and demonic spirits that have set up infrastructure in the believer's lives, they don't just leave just because you pray, oh, every demon leave my life. Yeah, they're not going to respond to that. They respond when the believer gets revelation, because once you get revelation and you understand your authority, then they flee. If you've ever seen Jesus cast out something, he always identified the Spirit by name. Okay, I'm going to make it real practical. If I'm a teacher in this room, and Johnny is making a lot of noise, and it's just Johnny. And Johnny, I say, everybody, just be quiet. Johnny continues on because he's not singled out. But then, with authority, I lift up my voice and say, Johnny, go to the office. Johnny is gonna get his hiney up and he's gonna go to the office and we're gonna get rid of him at least for the moment, right? This is how the enemy works. You will not gain much authority or much ground in your life until you get revelation on why what's happening. If you've ever felt like you've ran into roadblock after roadblock financially. When I was talking to you about poverty in my life, I've seen it all. None of my family members with exception of maybe a couple owned homes, when I got into the atmosphere of heaven and got the revelation on what giving does, giving in my life because of revelation, say revelation, by me giving and me becoming awakened to the fact of what giving into the kingdom does, because I started giving into God's kingdom, he broke the kingdom of darkness off of my finances. You see, it's all about getting into the right atmosphere because learning information is not enough. Knowing that the devil exists is not enough for you. Can I say that to you? It's not enough because we can learn information, but you cannot learn revelation. Revelation cannot be taught. It's got to be caught. You have to catch. It's a revelatory moment where something comes in your life and say, oh, I get that. Oh, that's why this is. Now you can effectively pray. Now you can effectively warfare. Amen? Is anybody getting this? I'm excited about this lesson, this teaching here, because I believe it's going to set some people free. Can I just tell you this? Jesus understood many of the gaps in our lives. I I have seen, this this is what I've seen personally, I've seen people who've been raised by a great mother but because of the, de- the, 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 the neglect or the absence of a father, the person becomes very, dis- they have dysfunctions. They have deficits was the word I was trying to grab. Deficits in their lives. But then I've seen them raised by a good father. And it's not that the mother's not good. But mothers were never meant to be the priests. Mothers were never meant to be the leader. They can be, and God will raise them up. The Bible says he'll pour out his spirit on all flesh. It can happen, but more times than not, if you see them raised by a biblical, solid father, they they generally have less uh, issues simply because there's something to be said about the covering of the father. There's something to be said about that. Amen? Because the woman was never meant to raise the children alone. Neither was a man, but there's just something about the, the father's voice let me give you, when I mentioned being a teacher and telling Johnny to get out of the room. Now, when I was growing up, when mom yelled, I didn't do too much moving. I mean, I wasn't, you know, I wasn't straightening up too quick. But when my oldest brother, because he began to take and assume that role, he was my oldest brother, he's seven years older than me, you know, tell Donnie to stop doing this. As soon as that voice, stop doing that. When the male voice, rose up, everything changes. There's something to be said about the male's voice over the woman's voice. Not better, it's just there's a different authority, and God set up rank. There's rank in heaven, and there's rank on earth. Am I preaching to liberals here right now? (laughs) Let every woman be subject. You want to know why our homes are dysfunctional? Because there's no order. There's no order. It's called divine order. Not better than. He's just God chose him to lead as the spiritual voice in the home. And when that is out of order, everything else is out of order. And no matter how much you try to make it work, it will be dysfunctional until this is right. There's something about the male's voice. And so I'm going to give you an example. So if I'm, if I'm struggling in worship, I'm talking about revelation. Say, Revelation. If I'm struggling in worship, meaning I can't engage heaven, I can't engage God, I'm distracted, or I've got some kind of heaviness in my heart and I can't identify where that's coming from. It can be sin, it can be bitterness, it could be somebody offended me, but there are times specifically that God will breathe revelation on an area on why I can't enter. Do you hear what I'm saying? You you may be blinded to the fact that, that you just got into a... A match with your coworker three days ago on, on, on Thursday, you got into an argument with them and then you're being unforgiving and then you try to come and enter into, into worship and you're saying, pastor's talking about the presence of God and everybody's feeling the presence and there's people shaking, there's people hollering, but I don't feel a thing. There are times when you're trying to engage in worship that revelation will come to show you why you can't enter in. I'm talking about Revelation. And there's not many places that that can be found. Yes, you can find revelation by reading your Bible at home. But there's special revelation that the Lord releases in the corporate gathering that he will not release to you privately. I won't get many amens because y'all, you know. Yes, God can speak to you in your quiet place. Yes, he can speak to you in the secret place. And he will, and he will continue to. But there's a special presence, there's special revelation that God gives to the corporate body when you're here. Amen? And the church is the Father's house. It is the place, literally, where God reveals his wisdom. It's where he reveals his wisdom. It's where he reveals his presence. It's reve- where he reveals his truth and his power. And Jesus understood this at an early age. He started early because he knew his life would end early. Can you imagine if Jesus didn't get to the Father's house, he would have lacked revelation? Do you remember the scripture where, Jesus, where it says that he grew, meaning Jesus, grew in wisdom and stature? And he gained favor with man and favor with God. Why? Because he was planted in the Father's house. He was planted in the Father's house. So that's where he releases his presence, his truth, his power. And it's not, let me, let me tell you this, it's not confined to when the preacher or minister or somebody's praying on a microphone. God can do that without anybody singing. God can do that without anybody preaching. He can do that with anybody praying or even prophesying. The atmosphere itself is infused with revelation for God to speak to you. Do you know why we linger so long in worship? Because I'm trying to give God time to breathe on certain people to move their hearts until they get revelation. Because sometimes the revelation takes time. Does everybody hear what I'm saying? We linger in his presence to give God time to move. And we won't rush him here. So if you just want a quick car wash, ascension will never be the car wash. We call it soaking for a reason. We're going to sit here for a minute. We're going to wait for God to speak to me. We're, I'm, going to, I'm going to wait for him to move. I'm going to, he's not a quick, cheap date. We're going, to, we're going to open the door for him. We're going to let him wine and dine us. And, and hopefully, prayerfully, intimacy will happen. And that's the goal of every single service here. In my mind, there's two services. I told my good friend Amanda this. I said there's two services. There's good services and there's bad ones. Either God shows up or he doesn't. There's no in-between. Right. But I want those services that are power-packed with the presence of the Lord so he can reveal some of those things that I've been struggling with so I can walk out of there and, get, and have the freedom that he's called me to be. Walk into, amen? How many wanna walk in freedom? How many really want revelation? How many wanna walk in all the promises of God, not just two or three? I don't want just a good marriage. I wanna be blessed financially so I, can do just, so I can do more than just pray for a person when they tell me they have a need. I don't want I don't want to just have good finances and have a good marriage, but 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 I want to be able to hear, I want to be able to hear what the Spirit of the Lord is saying for my friend who's going through versus just saying, I'll be praying for you, brother, I'll be praying for you, sister. I feel really bad for you. Jesus doesn't want you to go around feeling bad for people, he wants you to catch the revelation so you can help the people walk in the freedom that he's called them to. Jesus went about doing good. not just saying, I'll pray for you. He was an answer. And when we get to the Lord's house, he drops revelation in us, for us personally, but also so when you go out there, you know how to deal. Come on, so you know how to help your friends come out of what they're in. I'm talking about revelation. Revelation is like, imagine scales on your eyes. Did you know you can love Jesus and have scales on your eyes? And we all have them to certain degrees. Just ask your husband or your wife. We all have scales. Ask your best friend. Isn't it funny how we're easy? Easy to see other people's issues. But you can't see ours. Or we can't see ours. I am quick. I'm going to tell you right now, I can name 10 things I wish, you know, would be adjusted in certain people's lives that I know. I can tell my two or three things right now. I could say, Stephanie, I really wish this would change about you. Our marriage would be wonderful if this, just these two or three, just give me, just give me one or your friend's lives. But listen, and then, and then, but, but here's the, the human flesh. When, when you're not walking in the spirit, you will not have the revelation that you need to get rid of the stuff that you have. You see, because your issue can be the very one that's triggering theirs but lack of revelation will not allow you to walk in the freedom that you need, which would in turn contribute to that person's freedom. Oh, am I talking too deep? Do I need to get the snorkel out? We we have to get in the presence of God so that we can get the revelation that we need to walk in all of his fullness. Ephesians chapter one, verse 17 through 19 says, that the God of our Lord Jesus Christ, the father of glory, Watch what he wants to give you. That he may give you the spirit of wisdom and revelation in the knowledge of him. That your eyes and understanding will be enlightened that you may know what the hope of his calling is. What are the riches of his glory and his inheritance towards the saints? In other words, if you lack revelation, you'll never get this. If the eyes of your understanding are never enlightened, you'll never walk into the fullness of God. And the Lord, by his spirit, wants to speak to you this morning. He wants to give you revelation so that you can move forward into what he's calling you to. He wants to give you revelation to show you how to not keep, how to not to continue to get tripped up in the areas of your life that you have been. He wants to give you revelation not to continue to repeat the vicious cycle. He wants to give you revelation not to repeat what daddy did, what mama did, what our family did, and our family line got caught up into. He wants to give you revelation. He wants to reveal to you. God is full of secrets, but he only reveals secrets to those he trusts. And trust is only truly found in intimacy with the Lord spending time with him, worship, reading the word of God. It's very basic. We've really complicated Christianity. The revelation doesn't take some ethereal thing for you to catch revelation of what he wants to do in your life. Spending time with him, loving on him, telling him how good he is, not just giving him your laundry list. You can do that too. But love, I've learned to love on him first and then slow the laundry list, slide the laundry list in. You know? It's like this, when Zoe comes up to me, she knows exactly what to do now. You got to know what to do with him. Not manipulatively, not but when she comes up to me and says, I want a lollipop. No, I want to kiss first. She kisses me. She can have three lollipops when mom's not looking. She can have one when mom's looking. I'll slip the other two in her back pocket. When you love the Lord, listen, when you get his heart, if you go after his heart, you can have whatever's in his hand. No good thing will he withhold to those who love him. If you go after his heart, everything else is yours. He gave Peter the keys of the kingdom. He will give you anything. Seek first the kingdom, and all these things will be added to you. Amen. Amen. The second thing I want to tell you he does when you get in his presence is you get infused in the father's house. You get infused. Now, what does that mean? I looked up the definition of being infused. These are just cool words that I I guess I came up with. To infuse, or it implies a pouring in of something that gives new life or significance. There's certain things you can only get in the father's house that you can't get outside of his house. Am I the only one who's ever experienced this? You come to a service... You feel the Lord, and it may not be every service, right? But just think about a service you ever really experienced the Lord. And then you go home. And you think to yourself, why can't I bring this home? Have you? Are, am I the only one who's ever felt like that? You're like, where, where is this at? Why can't I have this here? It's because there's certain things that God only makes available in the corporate atmosphere. He wants to keep you coming back so you can continue to get revelation so you can continue to get poured into, so you can get continually infused by his presence. Watch this in Luke chapter two, verse 39 through 40. It won't be up on the screen, but you can write it down for your own notes. Watch this, I, I quoted this earlier. So when they had performed all things according to the law of the Lord, he's talking about when, when Jesus was about to be dedicated in the temple, when it was before seven days, I think it was after seven days, if I'm not mistaken, when the, when the children would be born. They didn't call it the church back then. They called it the temple. Okay, say the temple. So, so when they had performed all things according to the law of the Lord, namely circumcision, things like that for the male child, the law of the Lord, in the, which was in the father's house, they returned to Galilee to their own city Nazareth. Now watch this. And the child grew and became strong in spirit and filled with wisdom and the grace of God was upon him. In other words, Jesus grew because he was planted Where? In the Father's house. His first seven days uh, that he was on the earth, he was in the Father's house. They were doing everything that was according to the law of Moses. His very first place of exposure was being in the Father's house. And then we roll around to when he's 12 years old and now he's broken the umbilical cord with his parents and he's in the Father's house. There's answer, Your answer is in the Father's house. Is being consistent, being consistently plugged in to the Father's house. And, and, and it's almost like a, a light is no good if it's unplugged. Does everybody hear what I just said? You can need light in your house, but if your lamp remains unplugged to its environment, it will not shed light. But once it's plugged in, the power surges through it, and it's able to give light. And this is how the Father's house works. Is there something to be said about... You, you ever hear somebody say, get connected? It's like spiritual talk, Get connected. They mean more than just get into an A group or an A team. They mean more than just show up to Sunday service. Getting connected literally means you're spiritually plugging into what God is doing in a certain place. And then as a result of you plugging in, you get the resources from heaven that heaven is releasing in that particular place. His presence, his power, his anointing, breakthrough, and whatever it might be. And what you get excess, excess exposure to, you will by default, get infused or inundated by whatever elements are there. Can I make it practical? So if you stand in the sun, I'm white, so you can't do that very long. My wife said yesterday, (laughs) she said, you turn into a redneck, you stand out in the sun too long. And so she had me, I was, she she brought two hats out for me. I was pressure washing our house, our HOA's telling us we gotta paint our house. She said, you get burned, look like a lobster in about five minutes. So here's your hat, and I sprayed myself all down with this, you know, I don't want to use that little 25 SPF. I need 100, you know. I'll come up here glowing. Y'all thinking I'm like Moses coming off the mountain glowing. No, I got sunburned. If you stand in the sun too long, you'll get infused by what the sun has to offer. S-U-N. You will get burned. You get exposed to the element. I'm talking about the Father's house. If you stand next to a smoker, a cigarette smoker, or a cigar smoker, you will smell like what you've just been exposed to. If you're exposed to foul language, your vocabulary will begin to start ignorant, start to sound ignorant, right? If you watch things on a computer screen that you should not be watching, it will eventually fuel lust. And you will not be able to look at people purely. Why? Because you've been, ex- you've been infused by what you're exposing yourself to. And this works in every area of your, of your life. If you want a really bad attitude, my recommendation would be, and this, I, don't, I don't recommend it, but hang around people who have a poor attitude because if you hang around people with a poor attitude, who talk harshly, who have an abrasive attitude you will get infused by what they put off. Whatever you get exposed to, a lot, you can, if you're not careful, get inundated or infused by that very thing. If you're around dishonest people, your integrity will begin to diminish. This also works in the opposite. So if you get around people who love God, guess what, your love for God will grow. If you get around people who you see are experiencing his presence, You'll want his presence too, and it will rub off on you. And eventually, what you didn't feel going through the motions, you will begin to feel. Because what you get exposed to, you will get infused by. If you expose yourself to an atmosphere that where you know God is moving, eventually, it will permeate you. If you get around people who are holy, you will begin to live holy. Your life will be challenged by your lack of holiness. Your life will begin to be addressed and you'll have to face, am I gonna continue to do these things or do I want God's best for my life? Come on. If you get in atmospheres where the Holy Spirit is, it will not be difficult not to sin. Did you hear what I said? If you get around the Lord, if you get around the Holy Spirit, if you get around people who are holy, it will not be difficult for you to say no to certain things. But if you have six days of constantly being exposed to negative things by unholy living, by unrighteousness, by lying, by inundated with all of these worldly things. And not everything in the world is bad, but what I am saying is, is it will trump the two hours or two and a half hours today on Sunday morning. So whatever you get exposed to and there is no excuse for the believer not to live holy or be infused with the presence of God. There's too many YouTube videos out these days. There's too many things at your fingertips. There's too many podcasts. There's too many, too, too many streams that are on these days for us to justify living below God's best in our life. We should be able to get fed all week. Do not wait for pastor to feed you on Sunday morning. This is not a Moses generation where you need the Ten Commandments on Sunday morning. Come on, you got to go to the mountain yourself. And then after you have a relationship with God yourself throughout the week, you encounter the Lord by yourself throughout the week. Then we come on Sunday morning and you'll actually have something to give to the Sunday morning and not just take. Oh, I wish, I wish I would get an amen. That's why we're trying to contribute. It's not us trying to just do something different to get people to come. I'm trying to provoke you on a Sunday morning so that you have six days that you can run on some fuel, run to Jesus, and get, get a word for yourself. Come on. Get a prayer for yourself. Get some encouragement to yourself and come here and encourage me. Encourage us. Let's all corporately bring what God has done in us throughout the entire week. And we celebrate. This is, should be a day of celebration, not resurrect me from the dead. Do you know that's what I've seen, church, become more and more? We drag ourselves in. And I'm not saying, because I have need to be resurrected many times. Do not get me wrong. But it shouldn't be every Sunday. Every Sunday should not be pick me up, encourage me. I say that lovingly. If we continue, listen, if we continue down the road that we have gone down in the church, we will die. Spiritually speaking is what I'm saying meaning we we can no longer just depend upon the preacher your showing up should never just be hinged on whether he preached good the last week here's the question is god good do you have, and oftentimes if you become let's say you become can i just say this if you become dependent upon me at, to any degree the lord will show the lord will see to it that you stop getting something because he shares his glory with nobody But if you go pull on heaven and you get in God's face and you seek his face, when you come, you'll get something. Does that make sense? Never, we gotta get out of this dependent upon the minister thing. We have to go to the mountain ourselves to receive from him. God is calling us upward. He's calling us upward. He's calling us to ascend with him. Amen? I wanted to read this. To you and I'm going to be closing in a, just a few minutes. Speaking of Moses in Exodus 34, verse 29 through 35, I'll be reading out of the New King James Version. It just dropped in me this morning when I got here, and it says, "Now it was." I'm t- everybody say, "Infused." Infused. Now it was when Moses came down from Mount Sinai. Mount Sinai was where Moses got the Ten Commandments. When he came down and the two tablets of the testimony were in Moses' hand, the Ten Commandments, he came down from the mountain. That Moses did not know that the skin of his face shone while he talked with him. He was glowing. And so when Aaron and all the children of Israel saw Moses, behold, the skin of his face shone, And they were afraid to come near him. Then Moses called to them, and Aaron and all the rulers of the congregation returned to him. And Moses talked with them. Afterward, all the children of Israel came near, and he gave them as the commandments all that the Lord had spoken with him on Mount Sinai. And when Moses had finished speaking with them, he put a veil on his face. But whenever Moses went before the Lord to speak with him face to face, he would take the veil off. And he, wouldn't, he would come out and speak to the children of Israel. And whenever, whatever he had been commandment, commanded, and then he would put the veil back on his face. And whenever the children of Israel saw the face of Moses, that the skin of his face shone, then Moses would put the veil on his face again until he went to speak with the Lord again. Do you you know why Moses was glowing? Because he was infused. You could tell he went up the mountain. People do not have to tell me whether or not they sense and can get into the presence of God themselves. It shows. These days, can I tell you, wearing a cross around our neck will no longer do. The Jesus bumper stickers the what would jesus do bumper stickers the the fish symbol will no longer do jesus the lord is needing you and he's needing me to go up the mountain he's needing us to be infused so much with his presence that when people encounter us they at least get a glimpse of what jesus was like how many want to be infused this morning when you get around the Lord and his presence enough, your countenance will change. It'll change you. I often talk to people all the time and they will tell me, hey, I'm gonna, I'm gonna stay at home. This is not a message to get people to come to church. I have to tell you this. Let me give this disclosure. There's nothing in my heart that preached this message because of that. But I wanna, I wanna share with you what 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 principles, what you can uh, glean from as a result of being plugged into the house of the Lord. That's, that's the reason. Because there's many people who say, well, pastor, why aren't I walking in this? Why aren't I experiencing God on this level? Well, this is some of the reasons why. But I talked to someone and they said to me, I'm, I'm going to stay at home. I'm going to just spend some time with the Lord at home, which is, it's fine when you need to do that at times. Nothing wrong with that. But but it is but it is hard because because the Lord deals with things many times corporately. I asked my friend, um, I actually did some research this week, and I was going around and I was asking some people. I and they were I would hear people telling me about their encounters with the Lord. And Angelique, this is so funny, Tony. I would ask them; they would tell me about their encounter, and I was just curious. I wanted to know because I'm I want to make sure that my message is both. Biblical first and practical. So I was doing a little, taking a poll. They didn't know I was taking a poll. They would tell me about their experience with the Lord, and I said, "Well, where did that happen?" And more times than not, nine times out of ten, they said it happened at church. And I didn't tell them what I was doing. I wanted to know because I was looking. Because God has a pattern. He there, there's a rhythm to God. You know what a rhythm is? There's a rhythm to Him. He says, "I change not." There's a rhythm to him. Boom, boom. Boom, boom. He has, he's, he's very, you may not know this. Yes, he's omniscient. Yes, he's all powerful, but, but he doesn't change. And one thing I have not seen change in him is how he works in the local church in the believer's life. Amen? And so when you get connected to him in the local church, in the father's house, there's blessings that you will receive in a way that you've never dreamed of because what you are connecting yourself to. Because you're not connecting to a minister. You're not connecting to a building. You're connecting to an umbrella that God has instituted for thousands of years for his people to receive their bless- his blessings. Does everybody hear what I'm saying? For thousands of years. And it says in the end times, it's gonna be greater than ever. Now I know we have to shift, them, shift some things as a church. We've got to do things a little bit different. But we have to stay connected to the house of the Lord. And for the last reason, I'll tell you this is the reason why. Because it's where the greatest transformation takes place. It's where transformation takes place. And the worship team can come up. And I often hear this phrase, as I said before, oh, I can get, I can get the same thing at, on, on live stream than at a church. Let's be honest. You're not gonna experience the presence of God through a screen like you would being in the house with, filled with worshipers. You're just, you can't experience, it's not the same, I don't wanna call it experience, it's not the same encounter. Yes, God can touch you at home. And yes, but can you, can you, can, can you answer me this? If, if, the, if the priest in the old days would tie bells to their, to their garments. And colors had all these colors and went through all these sacraments. And if you went into the Holy of Holies wrong, they would die. That's why bells were attached to them. When the bells stopped ringing, it meant the priest had died in the presence of the Lord and he had sin on his life. So, so are you telling me that you can go, man, I feel like I'm beating you guys this morning. I'll, I'll bandage you up later. You're going to tell me that you can can merely listen to a message, God's Word, merely listen to a message while you're cleaning out your closet, although you can, but just just tell me that it's all about posture, right? When you're listening to the Holy Word of God being preached for you to to receive fully from it, there has to be a, a, a heart posture that's leaning into what God is saying. Or else the real transforming power of the Holy Spirit will not work in the believer's life. We there has to be a a reverence, that's the word I was looking for, a reverence towards God. That's why lately you've seen me be a little bit sharp. No, we're not a cult, no, we're not a certain denomination. But when I begin to see people like move around, if I'm giving an altar call, I feel it's disrespectful because you're walking by them can distract them and then they begin to get nervous. They're already nervous, don't wanna to come to the front, but you can break, you can break what God is trying to do in an atmosphere like that. So it's not being controlling, it's it's that we're revering God. We want If we want God to really be among us, we're gonna to have to respect the presence of the Lord. I wish I'd get like more than one person to say amen to that. And so it's where his transforming power takes place. And you know, I looked up that word transformation as well. And everybody, you can stand to your feet. It says, it means a thorough or dramatic change in form or appearance. Its landscape has undergone a radical transformation. Now listen to some of these words. I'm gonna rip right through them. Transformation, meaning his presence, being in the Father's house should produce this, change in your life, an alteration. In your life a modification a variation a conversion a revision an amendment in other words a change a metamorphosis a transfiguration an evolution a mutation a remodeling a reshaping come on that's what the father's house does it, it does all of these things in you. If you're struggling, the best place you can go is the house of the Lord because this is where God redoes everything in you. He remolds you. He does some redoing. He does some reconstructing in your attitudes, behaviors, belief system. He does some recasting, reorganization, rearrangement, restyling, rejigging, reworking, renewal renewing, revamping, renovation, come on, overhaul, remaking, revolutionizing and transmutation. All transformation simply means is to enhance something that already is, not to change its necessary necessarily its form. It's to make what is current better. Did you hear what I said? it's to make what is current better and this is what the house of the lord does this is what the father's house does it takes you the best parts of you and makes it even better than what it was because of revelation that he gives you he changes you through what he reveals to you by his spirit he he infuses you with his power and his presence he transforms you this is what the father's house does and this is what jesus got the revelation of at an early age and so wherever you could find him Whenever he was gone, he was found in the Father's house. He was found learning. He was found gleaning. He was found teaching. I want to say this and I want to close. When you begin to sing the Father's blessing this morning, it, it blessed me so deeply because I started thinking about this message. The Father's house, the Father's house, the Father's house. Because the father's house in the Jewish culture was so important. And there was something that's called the father's, the right hand of the blessing. The right hand, say that with me, the right hand. As a matter of fact, the elder child was the one to receive the right hand of the blessing. And when that, when that right hand and even in your own life has been misused and abused, you see the effects of it in your life in your earthly father's life. But can I tell you, when you come to the house of the Lord on a Sunday morning or throughout the week, this is what, we talked about this this week, didn't we, Mike? Mike's son, Nick, who used to play the guitar, it was on my heart. They We prayed for Nick uh, for his departure to... Texas this past week. It was on Wednesday night. We had intercession and I had Mike lay his right hand on his son. Have you ever laid your right hand on him? You have, this was so key. And any good father, not just any good father, but all fathers should know how important this is. The importance of putting the right hand on the son, because when it speaks of right hands in the Bible, it speaks of strength. So if you don't have a father in your life, a good spiritual father. You know what Sunday morning is like? It's like when you come here, it's like the hand of the Father, his right hand sets upon you. And guess what? The, the determining factor on how good that child would do, that Jewish child would do in their life, was based on whether or not the father laid his right hand on them. And that's where change and transform. It's the blessing that God releases to the earth through the earthly father and to the children. And so that's what I pray. And I almost want to sing that this morning because this is a generational thing. And listen, we're in, a, we're in an age and in a turn. I feel this from the Lord. We're in an age and a turn where not many people are making the house of the Lord a priority in their families. And if we don't make this turn well, can I tell you this? I know a lot of you guys are thinking America is going to get better. And, and I'm a hopeful guy. I think anybody who knows me, I am hopeful. But when I read Revelation, when I read this book, it says the church gets brighter, but the world gets worse. And we have to stay under the right hand of the blessing. We have to stay under this hand. I feel, I also feel this, I feel a lot of things from the Lord. Anytime, You hear a person say, I don't feel led to go to service any longer. They've just heard the voice of the enemy. It's a lie from the pit of hell. The enemy's goal is to separate the sheep from the flock. Why? Because they'll no longer be under the right hand of the Father's blessing. Thanks so much for joining us. We hope this message impacted you today. If you'd like to support Ascension Christian Center, simply go to ascensionchristiancenter.com and click the gift tab or text ACCFL to 77977. Interested in hearing more? Check back weekly for new messages. Have a great day.